Welcome to The Daily Bite with your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Today we read from Isaiah chapter 61. The Spirit of the Lord Yahweh is upon me, because Yahweh has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of Yahweh's favor, and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of Yahweh, that he may be glorified. They shall build up the ancient ruins, they shall raise up the former devastations, they shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. Strangers shall stand and tend your flocks, foreigners shall be your plowmen and vine dressers, but you shall be called the priests of Yahweh. They shall speak of you as the ministers of our God. You shall eat the wealth of the nations, and in their glory you shall boast. Instead of your shame there shall be a double portion, instead of dishonor they shall rejoice in their lot. Therefore in their land they shall possess a double portion they shall have everlasting joy. For I, Yahweh, love justice. I hate robbery and wrong. I will faithfully give them their recompense, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their offspring shall be known among the nations, and their descendants in the midst of the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge them, that they are an offspring Yahweh has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in Yahweh. My soul shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation, He has covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its sprouts, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to sprout up, so the Lord Yahweh will cause righteousness and praise to sprout up before all the nations. This is the word of the Lord. We have seen four servant songs in the book of Isaiah so far, back in chapters, ooh, let's see if I can do this right, 42, 46, 49, or is it 50? Hmm. And then 52 into 53, a very, well, very last couple of verses in chapter 52 and then all of 53. For some reason, and I don't know the answer, I was looking around and didn't really see an answer to this question. Chapter 61 is not included as one of those servant songs. It is the servant who is speaking, but it doesn't get in that list. For, again, I don't know what reason. But the servant is the one speaking. As you you hear that phrase, that the spirit of Yahweh is upon me, we think of Christ and his baptism, that Yahweh has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, and we think of Jesus. So we take a step back here for just a moment. We're going to get back to talking about Jesus, clearly. But the question here is, who gets anointed? That's a question you want to review with your children as an Old Testament. Uh, It's a major thing to be anointed. It's something that was done for the prophet, the priest, or the king, those three offices. And as Christians, we talk about how Jesus fulfills each of those offices for us as his church, as his people. So that gets us back to talking about Jesus In Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, Jesus actually quotes these verses. Well, this verse? Yeah, this verse. 
as a reference to himself. It is verses, because verse 2 is a part of that as well. He stops after that first line of verse 2. He does not continue to speak of vengeance uh, when he quotes this in, in, in Luke chapter 4. But Jesus does these things. He brings good news to the poor of salvation. Even before the newborn Jesus could speak, it's already happening as the angels are declaring it to the shepherds in the fields. Jesus brings good news to, to all people, and the poor included in that. He binds up those who are broken, which is all of us. He proclaims liberty to those who are captive, and we are captive to sin and to death. And he has proclaimed liberty to us. He has opened up the prison. Again, that slavery, that binding that we had under the devil. He has proclaimed the year of Yahweh's favor. The favor of God is now upon you. So this is a, a wonderful list of things here that you can talk about together. Uh, one of the things you might notice is, who's doing the verbs? Now, we've, we've talked about that question throughout this book a few times. But a little more specifically even now, notice how most of these verbs are actually speaking. The word of God is powerful. And as we saw in a couple of chapters prior, the word of God accomplishes that which the Lord purposes. I think that was chapter 55. And so God's word does that which he had in mind for it to do. And so God here speaks and it happens. Jesus is going to accomplish this by the power of his word. And as he comes in the New Testament doing that earthly ministry those three years, we learn all about the power and the authority behind his spoken word. Uh, some of the incredible things he can do just by speaking. So you can see that Matthew really makes a point of that. The authority both of Jesus' spoken word and also the authority of Jesus, uh, his power in, in doing the work um, that his hands do in, in the miracles. So a twofold nature of Christ's power. That's Matthew's one of Matthew's primary themes. Verse 3 gives us a, a shift of image. Instead of a funeral where there's grieving and, and there's sackcloth and ashes and mourning, they are going to be given this picture of marriage. So you jump from, from grieving to celebrating, from death to new life. That's the picture that we're being given here, a new family together. Also verse 3, this phrase, oaks of righteousness, shows up. Uh, i preached a sermon on this when I was, I don't know, I don't think it was my vicarage year. It was really early in my time as a, as a pastor, or maybe it was my vicarage year. I gave it Oaks of Righteousness as the title. And for about two or three years, it was actually on one of the first couple of pages of search results on Google, if somebody Googled Oaks of Righteousness. So that was kind of neat. And for that reason, it's one of the most uh, read sermons I've ever, I've ever written. But here's the point of it. You are like an oak. Your faith is like an oak. You are planted. You are rooted. You are deeply rooted in your faith in the Lord. You have your strength from the Lord. And it brings glory to him, just like an, an actual oak tree brings glory to the Lord just because of the the grandness of it and the, and the beauty of it and, and also how it provides it, provides for us. 
So you are this to others. You serve the Lord. You bring glory to the Lord in the things that you do as you serve him in your faith. Verse 4, uh, the people of God are the they's that you see three times. They are rebuilding, essentially. This is easily pointed to with the idea of Jerusalem in 517 as the people get to go home and rebuild. Christ is at work even then. But we can start to point to the new Jerusalem, the new heaven, the new earth, which are coming. we got a few chapters left here in Isaiah. Those are coming. It's a theme yet before the text is over. Then in verse 6, well, 5 and 6, we've seen this before, that kings will be coming. Now even the strangers uh, are going to come, and they're going to attend the flock. So people from all the nations are coming to God, and they're going to be a part of this new kingdom, this new family that is God's people. But the Israelites, a little bit more specifically as his holy people, are going to specifically serve in this special role as priest. So it's not all the people here that will be priests, but, but specifically the Israelites uh, now, as we think of that in the New Testament sense, it's all of us. We are a royal priesthood together. Um, so that does shift. That does change. But we see this a little bit here yet in the Old Testament. That they would eat the wealth of nations. It goes back to yesterday's chapter, uh, verse 5 of chapter 60. We see something like that. Verse 7, uh, that they would rejoice in their lot, possessing a double portion. They would have everlasting joy. This is abundant provision from God. There is no lack they are cared for. They get to celebrate. They rejoice. They have everlasting joy as they they look to Jesus, as they look to their Savior. We get some words that describe God's character, that he loves justice. Remember, this is still the servant speaking. I, Yahweh, love justice. And then in verse 10, I will greatly rejoice in Yahweh. That's part of the Trinity uh, nature of things that we talk about sometimes. Uh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all of them showing up here. Um, so this text does have some Trinity nature here. God's promise to Abraham gets picked up on in verse 9. Uh, the, the many offspring, the descendants. Verse 8 is going to pick up on this everlasting covenant idea uh, that we have from Jesus in Matthew chapter 26 as he makes this new covenant with his church that is his body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins. Verse 10, you can think of Jesus' garment being divided um, by the, the soldiers as they cast lots, even, uh, for his clothing while he's on the cross. So the garments of salvation, the robe of righteousness. It also connects the beautiful headdress, goes back to verse 3, that picture of marriage. And we get that specifically, uh, that Christ is clothed like a priest. Um, a beautiful headdress. He's, he's clothed as a groom. In this, in this phrase. And we as the church are the bride. And then verse 11, our last verse of the text today, Yahweh God will cause, uh, the Lord Yahweh will cause righteousness and praise to sprout up before all the nations. It's his good works that do that. His good works, his provision, his salvation creates a church. And Take that sprouting up phrase right there and connect it back to the oaks of righteousness in verse 3. Through the good work of God, through the good news of Jesus Christ and what he's done for us, his church has grown, and that includes you and me. We are oaks of righteousness today because we sprouted up 
from the good work of God himself.